Let me tell you, this experience of the pandemic changed mindsets about digital transformation in important ways. It underscored the importance of speed to value as a real measure of change. It redefined the growth rate of technology adoption and it reinforced the importance of a deliberate technology investment strategy that blends existing and new capabilities. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Each episode shares our latest research, benchmarks, and best practices on world-class performance. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. I'm Milia Saidi, Senior Director of Research at Hackett's Finance Advisory Program and your host for today's podcast. My guests are Gerhard Urbash, an Associate Principal, and Sean Mullane, Director in our Finance Transformation Practice. I'll be guiding the discussion and offering context when needed. And as always, a transcript of this podcast can be found at podcast.com thehackergroup.com. Welcome, Sean and Gerhard. So I want to get started with a bit of a broader context to put our give our conversation a framework. Um, and when you guys look at the current business environment, what are some of the factors you see that companies um, are that are prompting companies to speed up the rate of their digital transformation? Thank you, Nili. Uh, the pandemic has certainly been a real digital wake-up call for companies. Out of sheer necessity, companies made massive changes in weeks, sometimes days, that otherwise would have taken months to plan and execute. Let me tell you, this experience of the pandemic changed mindsets about digital transformation in important ways. It underscored the importance of speed to value as a real measure of change, it redefined the growth rate of technology adoption, and it reinforced the importance of a deliberate technology investment strategy that blends existing and new capabilities. There are a couple of things I might add, uh, Gerhard, um, and thanks, Nelly, for hosting this conversation. I think above all else, the pandemic experiences concretely demonstrated the value of our digital ability to enhance not only how we make decisions, but how we work day to day and how we deliver products and services digitally and drive business outcomes supported by an adaptable digital operating model. Let's look back over the changes during this past year where there was some adoption of digital delivery of food, you know, weekly family meals to go, curbside, groceries, home goods, et cetera. Now it is a critical and likely enduring service differentiator. So in terms of customer loyalty, expanded digital customer channel and knowledge, there's a wealth of new customer data that can be harvested and mined to expand and continue that relationship. So, you know, we have these events and they drive change. It's how we adapt and learn from them that really um, drives value. And I think this past year has also established a new perspective about enduring change as we transition to whatever it is our next normal. Uh, to give an example, 73% of respondents to the Hackett Group's 2021 key issue study expect an acceleration of digital innovation. And they expect it to be a permanent characteristic of that business environment after our return to stability. And 72% expect that enduring shift to continue um, across all digital delivery channels. Thank you, Sean. Now, 
It's interesting because we, we discussed the overall business drivers. I'm curious, what are the implications specifically for the finance function? Sure. That digital journey begins, you know, as I think about it, with an intentional enterprise digital strategy. That's not just an IT-led project, but a fully integrated cross-functional examination of how digital can expand top-line results, reduce costs, optimize opportunities, and increase adaptability, you know, with our constantly changing dynamic market factors. As financial stewards of a massive trove of data, organizational stakeholders require finance to provide those fresher and faster informational insights to support decision-making. So, you know, this can, and this can take the form of accounting hubs, where organizations consolidate accounting-related information into a single repository, supported by validation rules and calculations, or it can be AI-driven narrative-style reporting, automating and reducing that manual work associated with producing both external regulatory reporting as well as the internal management reporting. Gerard, do you want to add to this comment? Absolutely, Nilia. Now, finance is really a key driver of digital transformation acceleration, uh, not only the finance function itself, but across the business, really. Finance enables the enterprise-level digital vision cross-functionally. But finance drives analytics-driven business insight for decision-making overall. More specifically, uh, finance has a critical seat at the table when it comes to evaluating the uh, return of investment of digital initiatives and use cases, as well as establishing technology investment priorities and roadmaps. Yeah, you know, earlier in our conversation that we mentioned, you mentioned, I believe, the changing mindset that we've seen among companies overall in finance specifically with regard to digital transformation, as things moved faster, companies adapted faster. What are some of the conversations that you're having with CFOs regarding some of these acceleration factors? Well, I think I, there's a couple of key themes that come out of that, Nilly, um, and they continue to be, I mean, because I think these are you know constant um, themes, right? We want to make the finance organization as effective, effective and as efficient as possible. Digital is obviously one of those key levers, you know, certainly prior to 2020, but now I think it's accelerated and will continue to accelerate. Um, as we go forward, you know, while driving costs out is important, moving up that analytic curve is just as important, you know, and I think over, if I look at over my last handful of clients, that there are three key themes that really kind of jump out to me as we um, go down this digital journey. One is the transition to cloud, right? Adoption rates are dramatically accelerating in the form of um, cloud-based uh, ERP systems, or the financial consolidations and external reporting, planning and forecasting, or internal management reporting. You know, we're seeing this across every industry from small to mid-sized organizations to global multinationals. Part of this transition is that these systems are now easier to maintain, they're easier to deploy, and they're adaptable to new functionality as those providers begin to push that out. I think a second major theme is automating our core financial processes. You know, we're leveraging um, robotic process opt automation to within the core financial transactional processes. You know, that's been common, you know, across uh, AR and AP. But I think within the FP&A realm, realm, automating the creation, the distribution, uh, and even the level one interpretation of those management reports is now on the forefront. 
Um, and that's where we're using um, technologies like narrative style reporting, using AI to support that, and then natural language generation capabilities to take that, transform that data um, to text or that text to um, data. And finally, harvesting the analytics insights by transforming both structured and unstructured data into usable sets where we can apply that predictive and then prescriptive analytics. You know, too often our clients are still trapped in that historical descriptive analytic world, and they need to expand their capabilities to be more predictive, forward-looking, or they frankly risk being left behind. You know, I think areas of that I'm seeing a lot more of is that product predictive product and customer profitability, probabilistic, you know, strategic scenario model modeling at that corporate level. Those are great themes. And thanks for sharing. Gerhard, was there are there things that pop up um, in your conversations with CFOs that you'd like to share? Yeah, Nilly, I was amazed to see a large CPG client adopt for their North American centers of excellence for finance, human resources, marketing and procurement, a completely remote way of working. Uh, senior management agreed that geography doesn't matter anymore. We just want the best talent no matter where they live. That obviously freed up a lot of office space and eventually saves lease and other facilities expenses. It's interesting that you bring up virtual work because I think, and talent as an issue, because so far we've talked about technologies in the sense of products and capabilities. But when we think at Hackett about going digital, what we really think about is building a new set of capabilities for the finance function. And I wonder if you can you know, elaborate a little bit about what those capabilities are. Absolutely, Nili. Uh, we can distinguish five essential capabilities. We're talking about number one, digital engagement or the way companies and business services engage with customers, suppliers, partners, and other stakeholders. Number two, digital workforce and organization, that is utilizing digital tools and platforms to maximize productivity, intellectual property creation, and the value contribution of both individual workers and the teams in which they work. Number three, digital service optimization. Uh, that's essentially the evolution of business process automation. And number four, a digital ecosystem, that is the networks of digitally connected resources, service providers, and consumers such as B2B networks, knowledge networks, or even the Internet of Things. And number five, finally, analytics-driven business insight, which is foundational to all the other capabilities I just mentioned. The challenge for companies and the finance function is to leverage the ever-growing flood of data and gain competitive advantage as Amazon, Facebook, and increasingly industrial firms such as uh, Caterpillar, Unilever, or Procter & Gamble have shown. Creating those capabilities is still a function of the kind of technologies that you need to use. And Sean, you mentioned several interesting advanced technologies such as natural language generation, um, advanced analytics, AI, machine learning. Can you uh, explain a little bit more how you can leverage the technologies to create these uh, critical capabilities. And I'll discuss and frame those technologies relative to the five capabilities that Gerhard just discussed. You know, so I think across all five areas, you'll so find supported, you know, cloud-based finance, enterprise applications, and best-of-breed solutions. So that's a common thread across all five. 
But then if I drill into each one, I think you'll start to see some specifics that begin to jump out. Like in terms of digital engagement, you know, what we see is digital visualization. Um, I already talked about natural language generation capabilities, you know, where we translate those numbers to text supporting both financial, financial reporting. You've got machine learning and predictive analytics. I think when we talk about digital workforce, um, this is really all around kind of business process management automation, where we're trying to, you know, streamline how we do work and automate as much of that work as we, as we can. We also like to see virtual collaboration or e-learning within the finance organization. In terms of the third area, digital service optimization, we see robotics process automation. We see self-service analytics and reporting as key technical capabilities that begin to jump out. Within this broader digital ecosystem, which I think is the fourth area that Gerhard mentioned, we start to see supplier vendor portals, automation of the integrations between systems and applications, because really this is all about how do we make the ecosystem more efficient. And so we automate and try to take a lot of that manual work out. And then the last area is all around the analytics-driven business insight. And so, again, we start to see more self-service reporting and analytics. We see some of that data visualization. So that's all focused on kind of that descriptive. But then as I move my way up the analytics curve, then we'll start to see AI or driver-based simulations or some of that probabilistic modeling, you know, trying to get us into the world of prescriptive and telling us what decisions we need to make and how can we make those. And that's where we're going to start to put, bring in those more advanced tools. That's great. And we covered in both your comments, we covered the capabilities and the technology supporting them in a broad fashion, a conceptual way in, in some way. So I wondered maybe as a way of grounding us in the reality of our clients, if you can each share some examples where you've seen clients move rapidly up that digital curve. I have worked with an online retailer of children's toys and supported them in digitizing their finance function. Uh, we first conducted a rapid scan, uh, defined the vision and digital maturity gap. Then we sized the opportunity. We dug deep into the customer to cash, purchase to pay, and account to report processes in workshops with client management and process uh, SMEs, identifying automation opportunities and use cases to complement their existing Oracle capabilities. We described use cases in terms of desired functionality and technology options, as well as size the price by defining the expected dollar benefits. We supported defining technology investment priorities, which were then reflected in a new technology roadmap. And to build on what Gerhard just said, you know, I've got a couple additional examples you know, in the area of FPNA. So my current client is using um, an RPA tool to extract, transform, and load the data from the data sources into Tableau for visual dashboards and informational self-service. And I think this case demonstrates three of our digital capabilities, the automation, the visualization, and self-service. You know, and, and another example, um, especially in the area of predictive analytics, we're going to be using advanced analytics to use, you know, within the core cloud solution, 12 analytic techniques that are basically going to do best fit analysis on planning drivers to be able to support the, the financial forecast. And this functionality is native within uh, that leading cloud-based planning tool. And so this use case starts to illustrate two, two additional digital capabilities, the probabilistic modeling, and then the digital, digital engagement of leveraging that cloud-based uh, financial application. We covered the broad business context. We looked at the reason that finance is accelerating 
uh, and wants to accelerate its digital transformation. But we also know from our research and some of the discussions with our clients that some organizations are really struggling to implement this new digital strategy. So how, if each one of you can give us some tips on how they can better proceed forward. Sure, uh, Nelly, I'll start. Um, I think from Hackett's perspective, I think we see four keys for success to help fast track this digital journey or the digital transformation. The first step is conduct that rapid scan or assessment to define what your digital vision and maturity um, gap is um, from where you are today and really where, where you wanna be. And that starts with an inventory of your current capability Segment each of those items into those five categories that we talked about. Determine the maturity of that capability. Then look for opportunities based on those maturity gaps. And the next step would then be sizing that opportunity to look at it to, you know, and, and what's the benefit of driving that transformation based on impact of financial processes. Then we're going to segment those capabilities based on how do we want to use it based on best practices and developing heat map opportunities. Then we're going to place our bet. We're going to recommend where we want to start, stop, continue based on quantified benefits. And finally, once we have all that together, then we chart that digital strategy. And that really simply means create the roadmap, create project charters or business cases, outcomes that drive the initiative, align resources, conduct that stakeholder alignment, and then begin to execute against that program. Acknowledging that you may have to hire talent to cover skills and knowledge gaps. Yeah, what I see is that even technology-savvy organizations, such as the online retailer of children's toys that I just mentioned, uh, do not address digital transformation holistically. It is not companies' core competency, really, to engage in transformation projects. Uh, companies' core competencies are in executing the business they're in and, at best, engaging in continuous improvement. Uh, that applies all the more to digital transformations as we're dealing with STEP, rather than continuous change. So C-suites are really well advised to leverage experience of organizations uh, whose business is digital transformation. In doing so, they benefit from the required rigor, methodology, and proven experience in delivering speed to value. Thank you, Gerhard. I want to thank both Sean and Gerhard for joining this episode of the Hackett Group podcast. I hope you found the conversation helpful and please join us on one of our future episodes. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know what you thought of this episode. You can write us an email at podcast at And if you like this episode, please share it. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackitgroup.com. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. The Hackett Group is the global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackettgroup.com.